Oh, sure you do, guy. Yeah, that's easily said and done. Anyway, this is gameplay hour number two. Jim Taddy subbing for Matthew Cause. Gameplay on TSN 1050s brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams in the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Let's talk baseball. 12-3, the Jays over Boston, top of the sixth. Uh, Bichette has two homers in the game so far in tune-up action. Drew Fair Services here, Toronto Blue Jays podcaster and writer on the long way from Sunlight Service. Uh, Drew, welcome. How are you today, sir? I'm doing very well. Thanks for so much for having me on. Right, our pleasure to talk. I've always enjoyed our conversations over the years. Uh, so let's talk about the, before we get into the World Baseball Classic, uh, let's talk about the Blue Jays so far. They are, where's my record here? They are, uh, where, where did it go? I lost it. Anyway, they got a good record in training camp. Ten and six so far and well on their way today. What, what do you make of what you've seen so far? I think there's a lot of uh, positives to, to draw from spring training. Number one is they're mostly healthy. I think that's always the biggest thing with spring training or guys getting ready for the season. And are they on track? You know, are they, are they healthy? Are they going to be able to make the trip north? Uh, obviously, one of the biggest stories from the spring so far is you see Kikuchi, who's throwing a lot of strikes and striking people out and uh, really making a, a good charge for the for the fifth starter spot. And I think, you know, you're seeing some really positive things from guys like Kevin Kiermeyer and, again, a guy who needs to be healthy. But seeing that, that guys are, are looking comfortable and swinging the bat well is, is just a really good sign when it comes to you know loading up and, and heading north uh, come opening day. Let's talk about Kikuchi. I mean, this is a great spring training story. You've been around, so you know that some of those stories don't uh, have the legs of a, a regular season. Uh, what's, what makes you confident that this could turn out this year with him? Well, I mean, his stuff has never been in question. You, you just have to watch him, and you can see a guy who's left-handed. He's in there throwing whatever, 96 or sometimes up to 97, you know, his slider is really strong. He can, he can miss a lot of bats, which is the most you know, important thing, or one of the most important things a starting pitcher can do. Um, I think what we're seeing in, uh, so far this spring is kind of like avoiding the home run, right? He's not giving up the long ball. He, he walked a couple in his outing, um, I think, yesterday. But, uh, but the strikeouts are there, and, and he's keeping the ball in the ballpark, which I think is a huge thing for him. Because then you can manage those walks, right? You can work around a bit of wildness. Um, if you're able to get those strikeouts and, and not give up, you know, the big inning when you're suddenly you're giving up a three-run home run because you gave up a couple free passes. So I really think that uh, that the ability to still throw strikes, the ability to kind of maybe adjust his tempo or not overthink so much, maybe I've seen a few people suggest that uh, Kakuchi could be a guy who benefits from the pitch clock because he just needs to get on with it instead of sort of shake, 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 and, and, and not being uh, 100% committed to the pitch he's throwing doesn't have as much time to doubt. Just get the pitch, get the sign, and off you go. Well, with the positives that he's shown, if he's, he's going to be the number five guy in the rotation. So let me ask you this. If he's number five and, and you know the rest of the rotation, how does it stack up in, in the American League? Well, I mean, it's the easiest thing to say is health matters a lot. You know, we saw you don't have to look any further than the Yankees in terms of a team with a really great starting um, rotation, but they're already really kind of struggling with some injuries. Early on, their big signing, Carlos Rodon, of course, has gone down for um, you know a few weeks here, and and uh, Frankie Montes, who they acquired at the trade deadline last year, is another guy who's going to miss some time. So it, every big league team is going to have their their depth uh, uh, questioned or, or, or called upon at some point. But the less that you have to go down that depth chart to the seventh, eighth, ninth best uh, best starter in your in your rotate in your organization, the better off you are. So if if you said Kikuchi, again, the, the bar is, is pretty low for a fifth starter in, in the big leagues these days, so Kikuchi can go out and, and, and someone like him, if he can pitch five effective innings here and there, 
uh, you're way ahead of the game. I think that the Blue Jays, you know, and the Red Sox too, as another example. You know, if you look around the division, the Red Sox don't have a lot of pitching. Their, their experience with some injuries. Uh, the Orioles have a really exciting lineup, but their pitching is really questionable. So I think the Jays, you know, they have a lot to let to go on. They have the potential of getting Ryu back. And, of course, Jose Barrios is sort of a bit of a question mark right now, but what he's going to be able to bring here in 2023. Now, you mentioned health a couple of times, and, you know, you should, uh, but, but based on, on what you know about this team and, and what they did in the offseason, did they do enough? I think so. I think that they had a really – I like the approach that they've taken because it was it's, it's thoughtful and it was addressing the specific concerns of the club. Um, you know, they, I don't think anyone smartly would ever accuse Ross Atkins and the rest of the Blue Jays front office with being just kind of numbers guys and moving numbers around on a, on a spreadsheet. But I think they, they took practical steps to change the dynamics of the, ball, of, of the ball club and the way that they play. They've emphasized defense. They've emphasized, you know, adding some more velocity to the bullpen when they can um, to, to, to really get that swing and miss stuff late in the games and also just to save – each and every one of their pitchers, some pitches with, with an improved defense in the outfield in particular. Now, they're still going to bash. They're still going to score lots of runs. So, I mean, I think that they're, they're, in a really good, they're in a really good spot. And, you know, there's no perfect team, I, I think, in the American League in particular. Uh, there, there are a lot of teams that have a lot of talent but a lot of question marks as well. Uh, I think the Blue Jays are more than well positioned to, to, to really emerge as one of the top clubs in the American League. Now, Vlad looks like he's uh, on his way on the right schedule. Looks like he's going to be there opening day against St. Louis. Uh, what are you looking for from him on both sides of the diamond? I think that you just want to see the, the – I want to see the power numbers stay high for Vlad. I think you know, last year was, was a good example of a down year that's still very good. Right? He's still one of the, the top hitters in the American League. Um, you know, what he did in 2021, he doesn't have to replicate that to be – to be a great player, he doesn't have to replicate that to be the anchor of a Blue Jays lineup. Um, I think just you know continuing to to maintain that or bring back a little bit more of that approach that he had in 2021, where he was able to be a little bit more selective, um, able to use a little bit more of the of the whole ballpark. Um, I think that's when you see Vlad when he's going well. He's really driving the ball to right field um, with a lot of power and a lot of conviction. He can split a lot of pitches, and that's only going to make it easier for him to get on base and then make it easier for him to. to to be patient enough to get those mistakes. He can really punish and he'll hit out. And, and I think that, you know, a, a little bit of uptick in the power. And, of course, the big thing with him is hitting the ball in the air as opposed to on the ground. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, again, you know, he, he, he's showing what he can do defensively. And when, again, well, I'm always going to come back to health. And Vlad is, is as healthy as a guy as there is. He, he plays every single day. And you can tell that he hates to come out. And, and that's such a valuable thing for, for him to be out there every single day. So if he, like anyone, can stay healthy, and stay, uh, you know, with a really consistent approach and not expanding his own, not putting on too much pressure on himself to be the guy who generates all the offense. Um, I think he'll be off of the races, and, and he's just so talented that the, the, the floor is so high, and it's just a matter of him reaching again for that ceiling that he showed in 2021. Drew, as, as you're well aware, there's nothing more optimistic than the start of a baseball season. It's just uh, it's like the return of summer, and you know the the new stuff inside the park with some renovations. Uh, you know, stage one of three, uh, the roster looks pretty good. I mean, this is as optimistic as it's been, isn't it? It is. I think. I think you know, 2021 was a great season, even though they kind of missed out, and it was a little bit of a little bit of bad luck. I think the way. You know, here in spring, and, and there's nothing quite like spring training. You turn the TV on, you're out, you're out here in, in, in southern Ontario, wherever you might be listening, and it's gray and it's miserable and it's snowing in March, 
and you see the palm trees and the sun, it just automatically gets you excited. And then all those bad feelings about the way the 2022 season finished kind of get washed away. Excitement about the ballpark, excitement about the team, excitement about the direction that they're, that they're taking and that they continue to invest in the team. I think that, that you know, fans, whether we like it or not, we love the offseason. Like the offseason is so important when the, when the transactions come flying in, when they're making the crisp ass and signings and they're, they're, they're trading for Darshan, uh, Dalton Varsho. That's huge. That, that just keeps that momentum going and gets people so excited for the season. And I think that the fact that they've shown this consistent um, uh, uh, commitment to making the team better, to re- reestablishing or reevaluating what they did in the past, but saying, you know what, I think we, we, we've overlooked outfield defense. And let's let's uh, you know, double down our efforts in that, in that regard to make the team better because we're trying to win the World Series. And that's infectious. Fans feel it. Fans know it. And, and when you see the talent that's out there and you see um, you know, just how excited the players are and, and you look around, you look at preseason predictions or, or you look at the different projection systems, none, none of them say anything different. And that's why the Blue Jays are one of the best teams in the American League. So easy to get excited and for good reason. Drew, let's segue into the WBC and we'll start with Barrios, who got torched uh, in an inning yesterday. Is, do you think that's a one-off or is there some concern? It's tough. I mean, he, he had such a, a difficult season last year and it's always been really challenging to figure out what it was that was kind of holding him back last year. Was it uh, a lack of fastball command? I think that was the thing that I kind of keyed on a lot when I was watching him last year when we were talking about it uh, on the podcast and uh, here, here with you on the radio, but just fastball missing in terrible places, not able to get to his good, you know, his good strikeout pitches. And um, you know, no, no pitcher in baseball can survive if they're, if they're missing with their fastball location in particular. So I just like to see him, um, uh, come back and bounce back. You know, the World Baseball Classic is it's a short tournament, so anything can happen. I, I would, I would be foolish to to put too much stock into uh, a one inning outing when he did he did look pretty rough. But uh, I think that it's just one of those things that bears monitoring and hoping that he and the team were able to kind of figure out what what it was that was going on and continue working to to get him back out there, get him at you know 170, 180 you know effective innings, and, the, and, the, and he and the club will be in a good spot because of it. Looking for some perspective here, eighteen eight over Great Britain for Canada yesterday. What what does it actually mean, though? Well, I mean the Canadian team has got a lot of talented players on it. For one, you know, obviously seeing Freddie Freeman out there, it never ceases to bring a smile to my face. It's just such a great story, and I, I, I honestly can't believe that he, he's done this twice now and played for Canada. It's just it's such a terrific thing. I mean, Freddie Freeman's got nothing to gain by running out there in a Canadian jersey, other than you know doing it for the for the reasons that he does it for his family, for his mom. Um, I think it's so great, but. That, that Great Britain team um, was stretched a little thin. Obviously, they didn't get a long outing out of their, out of their starter um, in, when they played against the U.S. out of Vance Worley, which is uh, always going to make things tough. I mean, it, it's like a little bit like a little kid's, like a, like a U13 tournament where, you know, if your starter on Friday doesn't go long, you're in for a long weekend because of the way the pitch limits are and just the depth is really going to get tested. So the Jays got pretty deep into that Great Britain bullpen, which is a pretty dark and scary place. So, or the Canada, I should say. Um, so, I mean, happily, happily take those runs. Don't, don't ever sell 18 runs in a seven-inning game short. Uh, I mean, the, the Canada's still in tough against the U.S. tonight, but uh, it, it's great to see, you know, the combination of big leaders and, and up-and-coming guys' prospects uh, swinging the bats and putting runs on the board. So what do you think happens tonight against uh, the U.S.? Well, just like everybody, I mean, we saw with the U.S. last night and, and, and even uh, to an extent with Canada uh, Depth, pitching depth is really hard to come by, and if you don't get a great outing from your starter, you can be in, in it and, and really up against it. So, you know, Cal Kowansel didn't go too long um, in that first outing against Great Britain. So 
Uh, Canada is in tough. That U.S. lineup is uh, ridiculous. Truly, truly ridiculous. And there are some guys that can really put some long at-bats on you and then just really hit the ball over the fence um, like it's nothing. So, I mean, Canada is always going to be in tough against the U.S. And while we all remember the 2009 uh, game very fondly, um, I think that, you know, we can be cautiously optimistic, but also just kind of be, enjoy it, be along for the ride a little bit maybe when they play uh, Canada and the U.S. meet tonight. Drew, thanks very much for your time. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks so much. To, uh, good to chat. Yeah, it is. I enjoy our conversations. That's Drew Fairservice, uh, Toronto Blue Jays podcaster, writer on Long Way from Sunlight. Uh, so the uh, Jays are having a great time, 15-3 now uh, over the Boston Red Sox. Uh, I just love spring training. I remember going to Florida when I worked at Global. You'd go and just have a great time, and then, yeah, you had to come home to the snow. Now, that's a tough turn, i got to say. So a lot of people spend weeks there or even months, and, and that's the best way to go. In and out, not so good in Florida, but it is spring break week, so you you take what you get. 